Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. I don't enjoy being the bearer of bad news, but here's a familiar headline and one that we all hate hearing. COVID cases are beginning to climb again in the Bay Area, even in highly vaccinated counties like Marin. For the past three weeks, new cases in California have jumped from 5,000 a day to 6,000, and hospitalizations are on the rise, too. These are not insignificant numbers. They're big spikes that have health experts worried, and they're highlighting how immunity is waning even among the fully vaccinated. Chronicle reporter Aideen Vaziri joins me to talk about what this all means for our social behavior during the pandemic and about the benefit of booster shots. And later, I'll chat with Gwendolyn Wu, an engagement reporter for The Chronicle, about a fascinating development with COVID vaccine boosters People with depression or other mood disorders have now been added to the CDC's eligibility requirements for those extra shots. She'll explain why the link between our physical and mental health is a vital consideration during the pandemic. But let's start with Ideen Vaziri. Thanks for making time to chat with me. You know, we've gotten really used to the ups and downs of COVID cases over the past year and a half. Why are these latest jumps making health experts worried? For one thing, they're pretty big jumps, especially coming after the Delta surge. So coming out of the summer, we leveled off at a relatively high place. And now it's getting colder. The days are shorter. Flu season's coming up. So there's a concern that we're going to go into another winter surge and kind of see what we saw last year with, you know, the numbers just spiking. So that's that's why they're worried right now. And where are we seeing these spikes? We know the Bay Area as a whole, it's something that we pride ourselves in. You know, we're doing great in terms of vaccination rates compared to other regions. But where are these spikes happening? Right now, you know, the Bay Area, like you said, is doing relatively well. We're highly vaccinated. Um, But there are pockets all over the state, uh, especially Southern California right now, the Inland Empire, Orange County, places like that that make up a large portion of the California population. The state as a whole, only 62 to 63 percent of all the residents are vaccinated. Forty percent of people are still transmitting virus and people are getting sick. But we're also seeing spikes in highly vaccinated areas like Marin County, too. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And, you know, it's mostly unvaccinated people who are getting infected and spreading the virus, the vaccines, there's waning immunity. So they're wearing off, especially for people who got them last winter or in the spring and were more than six months out from when they completed their vaccination series. Marin, for example, like you mentioned, about half the residents over 65 who got their first two doses or first dose back in the winter have received their booster shots. So their protection is really low right now. So state officials are really pushing for booster shots now. And so is waning immunity causing this little bit of a a jump at this point? Is the concern mostly for unvaccinated people or is this another cause for vaccinated people to change their behavior? The biggest spikes are in unvaccinated people, including children 5 to 11 who 
just became eligible, but they've seen a lot of the rates soar in that age group. We kind of declared this over, <laughs> like as soon as the numbers started dipping after that, you know, the Delta surge, everyone was kind of like, well, let's, you know, do away with the mask. Let's start getting together. Let's hang out. But still with the combination of waning immunity and still a portion of people who are not vaccinated, who are not protected, who can still spread virus, um, all those factors are coming into play. So then does all of this mean as we're gearing up for another holiday season during a pandemic with Thanksgiving just around the corner, should we be thinking about gatherings differently with this latest rise that you're describing? Yeah, I think it, it's not going to be as restrictive as it was last year, but people should just be aware that we're still in a pandemic. Try to be with people who are vaccinated and, you know, be upfront and ask people about their vaccination status. People who are vaccinated are probably going to be fine. But this is just something you don't want to get because you don't want to live with that fear. You don't want to question it. You don't want to get sick. We're still in a pandemic. The numbers are still quite high. Frontline workers uh, especially are concerned about the strain that's going to be put on them and uh, come December, January. If not for yourself, do it for them just to, mm -hmm. just to take some of the pressure off of them. So this... Latest jump in cases, you know, is a reminder that immunity really is indeed waning. Uh, and so this may encourage people to start making those appointments for those Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna boosters if they haven't done that already. Can you remind us at the moment with the latest updates, who's eligible for these boosters and how can folks get them? As far as who is eligible, it's a little complicated and hard to understand. First of all, Anyone who got Johnson & Johnson two months after they got that first shot, anyone over 18, they should be getting a second shot and they can get Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. But people who got Pfizer or Moderna in the first round, right now it's anyone over 65 who got their second dose six months ago. Certain cases of people over 18, like if they have underlying medical conditions, if they um, are at increased risk because of their work. Basically, if you're around a lot of people and you're over 18 and you had your second shot six months ago, you, you're eligible to get a booster. The barrier to getting boosters is fairly low. So you can make an appointment at Walgreens or CVS or go to a clinic and get one. State officials are really encouraging people to get them. So hearing that cases have increased again, hospitalizations are up again, it might be easy to feel discouraged with this latest update. And I remember chatting with you just as Delta was starting to surge. But we're not exactly at the same place before, right? We have these boosters that you just described. Kids who are age 5 to 11 can get vaccinated. So will this be enough, these latest hopeful developments, to, to stave off another potential devastating surge? Yeah, I think the good thing is we're not going to see as many people in hospitals. We're not going to see people dying like we did last year because people are highly vaccinated and, and protected from those things. So even though the cases might be going up and hospitalizations are going up slightly, we're not seeing the same severe outcomes that, that we did last year without the vaccines. And also there's hope that if we can get through this and we can continue to encourage people to get vaccinated and the younger children can get vaccinated, that by spring we may be at a really good place. We could actually take off our masks and leave them off. <laughs> 
Well, fingers crossed, Idine. Thank yes. you so much for this latest update and for chatting about it with me. Thank you. Idine Maziri is a staff writer at The Chronicle. He mentioned the benefits of the vaccine booster shots. After a quick break, I'm joined by Chronicle reporter Gwendolyn Wu, who explains why people with mental illnesses are now eligible for those helpful extra shots. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Gwendolyn, it's a pleasure to have you on Fifth Emission. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Cecilia. Really excited to talk about this. So I just chatted with Ideen Vaziri about this jump in COVID cases we're seeing happening across the state, including here in the Bay Area. And it reinforced the idea that boosters are necessary since our immunity is waning. And your latest story looks at a new group of people who are eligible now for boosters, people who experience mental illness, such as depression or schizophrenia. Can you tell me why did the CDC decide to add this group of people as eligible for boosters? So it's really interesting, right? We've been pretty accustomed to the group of people who count as having underlying medical conditions, you know, heart disease, obesity, diabetes. But last month, the CDC had decided to add mood disorders, along with a couple other medical conditions, to the eligibility criteria. There's a connection between mental health and how it affects uh, your body. So, you know, you'll see that somebody who is undergoing a lot of stress, facing a lot of mood changes, may not have an immune system that responds as quickly to outside threats such as COVID as somebody who has uh, no mental health conditions does. I've been hearing from infectious diseases experts that there are two studies that came out earlier this year showing that there is a link between severe psychiatric disorders and being more likely to die from complications of coronavirus. So how many people are we talking about when we talk about people with mental illness? How many more additional people are being added to this eligibility umbrella for boosters? So according to the National Alliance on Mental Health, um, there's about 5% of U.S. adults who experience serious mental illness. So I think if you translated that roughly to the U.S. population, you know, that's definitely a few million people. Um, And given that there's still millions of adults out there who are fully vaccinated, you know, two doses of Moderna, two doses of Pfizer, or one dose of Johnson & Johnson, that means that there's a lot of people out there who are newly eligible for a booster shot. And I want to talk more about this link between mental and physical health. It's something that, you know, people have assumed over the years, people have alluded to it, but what exactly are the physical vulnerabilities that people with mental illnesses have? Right. So the way that some researchers put it to me when I was working on this story was that there is this link between the brain and the body, right? The general public has a tendency to think that mental illness doesn't really translate to physical conditions. But if you look at the symptoms of people who have mood disorders, such as depression or bipolar or schizophrenia, you can see that it affects the way that they sleep, it affects their eating habits, and down the line, that means that they might have aches, cramps, digestive problems that you can't really link to one thing or the other. 
less sleep tends to mean that there are, uh, you know, weaker immune systems or a lot more fatigue during the day, a lot less energy. Um, and of course, you know, eating habits could mean obesity or um, the other line, you know, not having an appetite to eat, not getting enough nutrients into your body. So, you know, you also have social determinants of health, right? People who are facing food and housing insecurity, people who are facing the physical effects of systemic racism, they're at much higher risk. And of course, mental health has really been a focal point during the pandemic. A lot of us started paying such close attention to our mental health. So what qualify someone as having serious mental health versus, you know, a distinction with a mild mood disorder. I'm glad you asked that, because if you look at the CDC's guidelines on it, it doesn't say the word severe anywhere in it, right? But when I was talking with researchers at UC Berkeley and Stanford, what they had said was, yeah, sure, lots of people are eligible for booster shots, and there's a big body of research right now indicating that most people, like Ideen's story had mentioned earlier, are facing waning immunity from the COVID vaccines. So far, what it seems to be the consensus is that if you have a mental illness that is severely affecting your immune system's ability to respond to threats such as COVID, it's probably worth it to go in and get a booster shot. Uh, the wording on the CDC website right now suggests that you should get the booster shot, not that you absolutely must get the booster shot, right? So, you know, play it by ear. Uh, talk to your doctor if you think that your mood disorder qualifies you to get a booster shot, uh, you know, just to make sure that you're getting all your bases covered. You mentioned earlier that, you know, people were lobbying the CDC to include mental health as a physical vulnerability when it comes to COVID. And this seems to be a step, at least from the medical and scientific community, to take mental health seriously. Did it take a pandemic and attention to boosters and immunity to really crystallize this idea that others have been lobbying for a while? From the researchers I've talked with, it seemed like this was the turning point for a lot of people, right? So there's been this body of research out there for years now indicating that mental health conditions are linked to your physical health. But yet, you know, it didn't come out in that original underlying medical condition criteria that came out late last year as vaccines were about to roll out. The CDC in this case had relied on two studies that were published in 2021, including one that studied mental health disorders and mortality from COVID-19 infections across seven countries. Like, Seven countries. That is a lot of people involved in that study, right? And that evidence has been used in form a list that the CDC said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to count this as a serious mental health condition. And I think that lobbyists are hopeful that that might apply to any future vaccines or future public health conditions that need to be issued. So pandemic aside, boosters aside, do mental health advocates feel encouraged now that with this update, moving forward, mental health may be treated with the same sort of seriousness and considerations that physical illnesses have? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that the researchers in the mental health side that I've been speaking to feel like this is a good step forward. It seems to indicate that the federal health agencies are taking it seriously. Well, it's a fascinating update and it's an important one too. Gwendolyn, thank you so much for chatting with me about it. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. 
Gwendolyn Wu is an engagement reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her story about people with mood disorders qualifying for vaccine boosters at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. You can find Ideen Vaziri's story about the latest climb in COVID cases there, too. Gwendolyn also writes The Bay Briefing, The Chronicle's daily newsletter of the top stories you need to know about. You can subscribe to it at sfchronicle.com slash bay dash briefing. Thank you to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode and to you for listening.